Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40, a weekly podcast about stepping outside of the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two 40-something-year-old friends and coaches who are on a journey to live the second half of our lives with greater flow and ease. Our passion is to guide and support our clients in becoming their most authentic and aligned selves. We love digging into a variety of topics and sharing some of our insights and perspectives through our coaching lenses. We both spent the first half of our lives trying to fit into a box only to realize we were burnt out and searching for a better way to do life. We are here to remind you that it's never too late to start living your best life. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Awakened and Alive After 40. I am one of your hosts, Carrie, and I'm here with Dominique. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. And today we are excited to talk about one of our favorite topics that we are by no means experts about, but it somehow works itself. (laughs) Totally. It works itself into every conversation we have, I think. And that is human design. Yeah. And um, like you said, Carrie, like by no means are we experts, but we are absolutely obsessed with this topic. And this is going to be a lot of fun to chat more about and um, just have people listen in on what a lot of our conversations are like just with um, our regular everyday conversations, because we've really started to integrate human design quite a bit into our everyday lives. Yeah. And I think one of the reasons you and I, well, speaking for myself, why I talk about it with you so much is you are like, I think one of the only people in my life who knows what human design is. Mm-hmm. Well, same, <laughs> same Z's. <laughs> yeah, it's um not very well known. And so I think I don't bring it up with a lot of people because I, I just don't know if how people are going to respond to it. Yeah. And what I think is really interesting is that if um you enjoy astrology, which I've always really enjoyed astrology and I am someone who is very science driven, especially with me working in the science fields. And at the same time, I love, if you want to call it the woo woo side of things where it just seems a little magical because there aren't straightforward answers. You don't have the same proof you can get out of science and research. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and that's I, like societally, we've been taught to maybe not trust in these things very much. And so, yeah, that's I one of the reasons I think subconsciously why I don't bring it up to very many people in my life, because I'm just like, mm, how are they going to respond to this? And be like, weirdo, yeah, what are you exactly. talking about? <laughs> But at the same time, too, um, that's one of the things that I really have started to love about myself is just how open minded I have become over the years. And I was always very open minded and wanted to hear everything, learn everything and just kind of make my own decision from it all. 
Um, and I know Carrie, for you, you definitely have expressed that, that same interest and just wanting to understand it more. And I love your take with, um, that nurture versus nature with the Enneagram, which we're going to get into that more in today's episode too. And I'm really excited about it, but I figured we can start off by just giving a little explanation of what human design is for, those of you out there that don't really know too much about it. Yeah. And I honestly, because everything I've learned has just been self-taught through mainly social media and podcasts. I haven't done e- even any, a lot of extensive reading on it, except for my own chart. Mm-hmm. So I don't even yeah. totally understand how it came to be or what it is. Yeah. The crazy thing is... <laughs> It is so freaking complex. Like, and I know you understand my obsession with it, but for all of you out there that are listening, I have really just dove headfirst into this world the past few months. I've been really interested in human design for the past year, but the few past few months, especially so. And ultimately it's a synthesis of a bunch of different systems. So human design incorporates the chakras. It incorporates astrology. Like we kind of mentioned a little bit about it incorporates the Kabbalah, the Chinese I Ching. I, I think I'm pronouncing that right, but I'm not sure. And it also incorporates quantum physics. So it's this mesh of ancient and modern sciences and and systems. And it's just so incredibly fascinating, but very, very complex because of all that. I remember when I first heard about it, it was via a random person on Instagram started talking about herself and what she was. And it wasn't even a human design person. It was someone in the planner community. And I was like, what is this? I've never heard of this. And so I just Googled it and put in my information and pulled up my body graph. And I was like, what is this? (laughs) And I had no clue. And I just figured out what design type I was. And then I closed it. And I was, I thought this is too much. This is overwhelming because when you first see the imagery, it's very strange looking. Yes. Yeah. I felt the exact same way. I'm sure most people do as well. And uh, you mentioned body graph. And if you're familiar with astrology, then you might be familiar with your birth chart. So in human design, it's called the body graph. And there's a lot going on with it for sure. But what human design reveals for us is our specific purpose in this world. It identifies our energy and the gifts that we were born with and how we are meant to use those gifts and bring them to the world to better the world as a a collective kind of working together to bring peace and harmony. And there's five energy types. You and I are the same. We're projectors. And this is why we tend to geek out a lot about it because um, we can kind of just like go off of each other's experiences and 
chat, but there's five energy types. The projector is one. Then you have generator, manifesting generator, your reflector, and you also have what did manifester. I say? Manifester, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. So these five energy types are, you know, what you will end up being when you look at your body graph and each of them are so incredibly different. As far as the projector type goes, Carrie, you and I, we make up 20% of the population. So Mm -hmm. there are not many projectors out there, which is why we have been so incredibly frustrated in the past. And just through our conversations, like we've shared our frustrations And so I'm curious, like what, when you discovered you were a projector, Mm -hmm. which is supposedly, it's not that we don't have energy. We're not meant to work with the same level of intensity and, and energy as other people. We're meant to kind of go more slow and rest. But of course, you and I and a lot of people out there know that this world just does not work like that. So what was most frustrating to you or maybe even just a big aha moment when you discovered your projector? Um, For me, it made a lot of sense with just how I naturally felt inside. Like I never had felt like I was the most productive in the traditional 40-hour work week that many of us have worked within at some point in our lives. And I remember telling people when I worked in public education, because I felt like I worked incredibly efficiently. And I remember telling people, why is our workday based on hours? Why can't it be like based on projects? Like once you get this chunk of work done, whatever pace you work at, you're done for the week. Because I could have gotten things done I needed to get done in a couple of days and then had the rest of the time free. But I've I've had many jobs in the past where I literally had to like figure out ways to look busy or fill my time. That was not the case in public education. This is when I was working in finance. Public education, <laughs> there's always work to do and always work oh, to yeah. take home. But um, yeah, I would just sit at my desk at my cubicle when I was working in finance. Like I finished all my work. And it's 2.30. Wow. Like, yeah. what What else can I do? So, you know, you just had to like find right. little projects and help other people with other things because you're being paid for the amount of hours you're there. And it doesn't, the more productive you are, the more work you've created for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. If you allow eight hours for work, then you're going to find things to fill those eight hours, right? And and I know like through research, they've actually come to discover that's not productive work. Right. Right. You know, the most productive work is I think it's like a three to four hour span at most. Which is what projectors are designed mm-hmm. to do is to yeah. work no more than three to four hours a day, which is what I'm trying to cultivate for myself in starting my own business because it just feels so much more aligned for me to have my days structured like that. Yeah. And so you just mentioned business. I'm curious to hear from you, like how has human design 
and just the the concepts of it changed your take on business and how you want to be working and growing your business. I mean, I think that's such a huge thing for most people that we don't even realize there's another way to do it, mm-hmm. right? We just yeah. see how our families did it or the adults in our lives. And we just thought that's how you do it. And we're trained by our schooling that that's how you do it. You're at your work, you're at your school for seven to eight hours a day. And that's the big chunk of your time. So for me, realizing and starting to see because of social media and globalization and seeing there's people doing it another way, right? There's people working a different way where they're taking more control of their time and their energy. And that just felt really, really good to me. And I don't know if it's the projector in me or because I was a person who had, as you know, because I know you're the same, had suffered like major burnout by our late 20s, which is super common for projectors because we are working so much harder than our natural energy flow allows. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And burnout is one of those like key signs, like that signature for when a projector is out of alignment. And I know that can be a little bit like, oh, well, you know, doesn't everybody get you know burned out at some point or another? Yes, absolutely. But I, for myself, I found that I was hitting burnout with activities or tasks that I thought I should be able to do no problem because everyone else around me could do them no problem and not feel burnt out. But for me, for some reason, that's why for a long time, I thought there was something wrong with me. Yeah. The comparison like, game. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because absolutely. if we Someone who has a lower energy type like us is comparing themselves to someone who both of our partners are higher energy types. Mm-hmm. If that's who you're comparing yourself to, you're always you're never going to feel like you're measuring up, especially in our society that really values productivity and high energy types. Yeah, absolutely. And it's um it's interesting because when I finally reached that burnout stage and you mentioned for you, it was in your late 20s for me as well. And this is, I think I brought this up to you once. This is what fascinates me so much. So there's something called your Saturn return. And this is in astrology too. And it's pretty much the period in life from 28 to 30 when like shit hits the fan. <laughs> yeah. And it has to do, I mean, we're probably going to really mess this up because we are not astrologers. No. But has to do with Saturn, like being in the same position as it was when you were born. And the the first time it happens in your life is in your late twenties. Right. And it, it in a way symbolizes like it will greatly impact someone negatively if there is much needed change in their life. And for me at the age of 28, I was diagnosed with POTS and that stands for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. And it, in a nutshell, is a dysfunction of the autonomic nervous system, your fight or flight response. And my whole thing now in my coaching is all about nervous system regulation and getting people to understand that it is within your body 
that so much is being controlled and happening. But for me, hitting that age of 28, I was not yet uh, healing from unresolved trauma. And it really gets me thinking, I'm like, how many people hit age 28 and have something crazy happen and also have underlying like unresolved trauma that was never addressed and their body needed some way of screaming out for help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. I mean, I was in graduate school when I was approaching 28, like one month before my 28th birthday. And I started having all of these issues with my digestion and with swallowing. And I ended up after many months of trying to figure it out, realizing and getting diagnosed with Crohn's disease, which Mm. is like ulcerations throughout your digestive tract. It can be anywhere in your whole tract. And mine were in my esophagus, which is really rare. Um, But I did not take that at that time as any kind of sign because I was in no way aware of the types of things I'm aware of now and like the knowledge of the body and the body giving you signs and messages. I was just pushing through like finishing graduate school, looking for a job. We were moving states. And um, now that I see what was happening, it was my body like screaming out to me to slow down because it was by far the most stressful, high energy needed time of my life to get through graduate school. Yeah, it's it just, it blows my mind. Like, I want to just ask, well, first off, any of you out there that are listening to this and you're like, holy crap, something crazy happened to me at the age of 28 or 29. I want to hear about it. Like, we want to hear about it. Email us. Let's have conversation because I am just so curious to know how many, even like how many projectors out there, maybe you don't know you're a projector yet, but you know, how many of them out there reached that point at that age and was really hit by this Saturn return and just needed this, you know, like, Hey body, (laughs) you're talking, let's listen. And, um, it just, it really is quite interesting how at that time I was still in this dissociation mode because that was my way of staying safe, I would dissociate. And so I had very, very poor connection to my intuition and to my body. And then like you over the years learning about this. That's so typical for your Enneagram type too. Like you have the double whammy, like dissociation is the defense mechanism for type nine and type nines tend to be, they are in the body center for, um, their centers of intelligence, but they tend to like be pretty disconnected from their body mm. because That's they crazy. really like want to just always go within their sort of happy place mentally. And like, like we said, dissociate from their body and from yes. what's going on in the outside world. Yeah. And, and that was happening because like I was I finally hit burnout because I was trying to fill my plate. I was watching everyone do like everything. I'm like, I have to do that too. Like I have to be constantly busy and going and going. And yeah, that was, (laughs) that obviously didn't work out. And so now with my business, I'm still trying to learn 
how to do it differently. And kind of like you were mentioning earlier, you see the way people do things and you're like, oh, that's the way it needs to be done. Even starting my business. And, you know, now I'm about two and a half years in, but I'm like, oh, I should be doing it this way because this like really established business, you know, entrepreneur is doing it this way and they're incredibly successful when that's, there's not just one way to do things. And I find I'm still trying to get out of that conditioning of that belief in order to be successful. You need to work your butt off like that. Yeah. Yeah. And even when I had my health issues starting at 28, I still, it took another 10 years for me to even recognize that I was burnt out and to do something about it and to start making changes in my life. Like, yeah. But at the same time, like I used to, I used to judge myself and, and blame myself a lot for kind of similar situation because I didn't start my, my healing process until I was probably 35 or 36. And, but at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I wasn't ready to fully like grab hold of that whole process because you just, you simply have to be ready. And as much as I wish I was ready at the age of 28 to be like, Oh, okay. No, let's flip the switch. Uh, That's just, that's not the case. And, um, but at the same time, like I'm super happy about the process that I had to go through because all of the lessons and although they weren't all fun, that's for sure. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But at the same time, Hey, and then when it comes to personal life, I don't, I don't know about you, Carrie, but I also, I try to really implement a lot of human design into my personal life too. One of the ways being, so as far as projectors go, we tend to need more alone time. Mm -hmm. And I've always been someone who loved being by myself. Me too. Right. And then again, I'm like, there's gotta be something wrong with me (laughs) because all of my girlfriends were just like, clinging to their other friends or clinging to their boyfriends. And I'm like, dude, just be by yourself. <laughs> and they, they couldn't, but for me, I was just like, oh my God, it's great. So like with my personal life, I have been sleeping in a separate room a few days a week because that gives me the opportunity to just allow my body to fully rest without my subconscious taking in other people's energies. Like they call it emptying out your, your centers. And again, like not getting into all of this, but it's just a way for projectors to release all of the energy from other people that they've collected throughout the day. Cause we're not made to hold on to that. We're that energy type that is borrowing, not holding or keeping and sleeping by yourself is supposedly, and it's been recommended by many different human design specialists that I've come across, supposedly one of the best ways to decondition, to really just allow yourself to be. That's so interesting because um, I have been sleeping 
occasionally separately from my partner as well, only because it started out just because of necessity, because we are currently staying with my family and we were used to a bigger size bed than what we had here. And with him and I and our cat, it was just really uncomfortable for all of us. And so we're like, this is crazy. Like, let's just spread out. And we did. And I have been sleeping so great. And I feel so good the next day. (laughs) Yeah. And this is before I even knew about this whole thing that projectors really benefit from this practice. Right. Right. It's, it's funny because, you know, like the occasional, if, hubby's snoring too loud, then I'm like, okay, I'm going into the other room or whatever it may be. Like the occasional separate room sleeping, I began to recognize that I just felt so much better the next day. Like I felt rested. I felt energized. I felt connected. Like I wanted to be around my husband and not that I don't want right. to be around. So anyone but, in a relationship will right, get what I you're just, saying. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed, like needed that alone time that I was always feeling. And so then I started to, once I heard more about how projectors benefit from sleeping in separate rooms, I started to, you know, kind of play around with that a little bit more. And I'm telling you, like, it's just, it's amazing just how different I feel. Yeah, totally. I could not agree more. And I mean, I've always been a person who's really, really valued sleep and rest. And I just thought we're sort of made to think that that's lazy in our society. Mm -hmm. Whereas for people who get truly recharged by sleeping and resting, and then you're totally refreshed. And I think that's one of the things that connected so strongly for me about living in Spain is because just the structure of their whole day is so different and they have a rest time built into their day. They still have Mm -hmm. a siesta time after their big lunch where everyone like the shops close and everyone is at home relaxing and it's how they've been able to have a schedule that's so different than what we're accustomed to in the United States where we get up early and get our days started early generally here but most people go to bed early also and in Spain you know their workday starts at around the normal time as ours does in the U.S., but they stay up so much later at night because they have this midday rest time. Yeah, it's I've noticed that to the different countries I've been to in Europe as well. And I don't know, it's kind of like we we chat a little bit about, you know, happiness uh, a few episodes ago, but there's just something to be said about prioritizing rest over you know, work and doing and rest isn't just sleeping. Rest is like you said, like in Spain, taking that time and just go meet up with a friend or go home, spend some time with your family before going back to work. It's not like there's force behind it. It's just like, okay, how can I fill my cup? Right. You know, for this little bit of time before the day goes on again. Right. And maybe not every human design 
type is going to benefit from this. Some people are like, what? I don't need a nap or a rest in the middle of the day. Yeah. And that is yeah. awesome and great. But for the people who do, mm-hmm. it's like, how do we build a working society where that's okay for people who need it to take it? Right. Yeah. And again, with both of us being projectors, you know, obviously our conversation right now is a little bit more suited for individuals that relate to that, but there's just something to be said when I discovered human design, it was like my permission slip to be okay with being a little bit more slow moving throughout my day to not be filling my to-do list with just obnoxious tasks that are just meant to fill my time to be okay with maybe taking a nap because I just am starting to feel a little bit tired. It made me feel seen, Mm -hmm. you know, it just made me feel like understood. And for me, that's really, really a major part of the healing process too. And what I, you know, work a lot on with my clients because every human being needs to be seen, to be heard, to be understood, to be loved. And so when something along the lines of a system comes into my path, especially, and I finally feel like validated for everything that I've experienced my life and that there's nothing wrong with it. I'm just like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. There's more acceptance. Yeah in my mind with it. I've come to accept myself more openly. And ultimately, you know, when we accept ourselves, that brings so much more joy into the world and not just into our own lives, but the people around us too. Yeah, completely. And it just makes you even more aware, which I think this is one of the things that we all need to remember on a daily basis is we are all different. Like, you know, humankind has so many similarities and we have so many things in common. And I think we focus on that. We expect that or we just assume, I think, that people think how we do and function how we do and work best how we do. And that's how our work systems have been created. And it's just not true. Yeah. And can you imagine how boring this world would be if we all did the same exact thing. We all thought the same exact way. And I mean, it would be total chaos on top of it too. And I just, I, another thing I really love about human design is the different energy types serve different purposes. Like for projectors, we're meant to be kind of the, um, the guides, the ones who sit in the trees and oversee everything that is going on in the world. And we can kind of see ahead of the individuals who are busy building this world and creating all of the amazing things that we have within it. But they're very so focused in one particular area where we have a more broad view when it comes to the the projector energy and our guiding energy. And then, I mean, hey, you and I are both coaches and we were drawn to that for specific reason. And um, I just love how 
it's another lens to look through. And I always love to encourage people and my clients to try and look more through a lens of compassion Mm -hmm. to help us understand each other better, to understand that humans, we're just doing the best we can with the resources we have. Not only compassion for others, but for ourselves. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And can you imagine what a different place this world would be if we could all look through that lens of compassion and just a human informed lens, like what makes people do what they do. And when we are thrown off track, when we're not living according to who we're meant to be, then that creates so much imbalance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The imbalance, the struggle, everything feels difficult. Everything feels like you just know something's missing or something's not right in your life. And I think every day we're all just trying to do a little bit better than we did the day before and figure out Mm -hmm. how we can make ourselves feel like we are in better alignment or we are on the right path or however you want to phrase it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm really excited for an upcoming episode to have conversation with you, Carrie, on the Enneagram and how this kind of nature versus nurture comes into play with human design being more of, you know, what we're brought here to do. So our nature and then the Enneagram doing its thing in that it's all like opinion at this point. No one knows for sure if you're born your Enneagram type or if you are conditioned into it more um, Mm -hmm. because we can't ask infants what their core motivation is. What are you thinking today? (laughs) But um, I did work with a coach who made it, she made a lot of sense and her perception of it, which is yes, your human design is you are born this. That's We do know that. Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. the Enneagram is sort of layered on top of that as our ego structure, which is how we're conditioned to be so that we are accepted and functioning in this world. And then we spend most of our lives, right, trying to recognize that ego structure. And then how do we step outside of it so that we can be our true authentic selves? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you had mentioned earlier with the type nine, which is what I am having, they're more susceptible to the dissociation. And that is conditioning. That is my, or was my protective mechanism. Mm -hmm. And I learned that through my experiences. And when I separated from who I truly was, my authentic self, that was then my my go-to for safety. And I didn't know that about the nine. And I, I can't wait to have more conversation about this. It's going to be very exciting. But overall, I just love the conversations we've had about human design, the experiences we've each had, and just the continued growth as far as just being a good human being. Like that's that's all I want to achieve is just be the best human being I possibly 
can. And I'm sure you're there as well with that being a goal in life. But I always also like to just remind people that there, again, is not just one way to do things. And when it comes to all the different systems that are out there, your personality profiles, your uh, whether it's also the Enneagram or human design, astrology, whatever it might be, take what you enjoy, take mm-hmm. what resonates with you and leave the rest. Yeah. There's so many pieces of each one that I have taken. And it's almost like you're just creating your own system that is guiding you into living the life that you want, being the person that you desire to be. And I love that. I love what you said, because I think so many times when someone discovers a system that they really connect with and really has helped them in some capacity in their life, you just want to tell everyone about it. You want everyone Mm -hmm. to believe in it and love it as much as you. Mm -hmm. And that's just not realistic. Um, Even with the Enneagram, I hesitate to talk to everyone in my life about it because I know not everyone will see it as beneficial as I found it for my own life. And that's okay. Like I'm totally Mm -hmm. fine with that. And I've seen people, a lot of people on social media have instantly connected with human design and they will say like, I tried Enneagram. Like I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out or I couldn't get into it or it it didn't align for me. And that makes a lot of sense because the Enneagram shows us our ego structure, which sometimes Mm -hmm. is really hard to see. Yeah. And it is really uncomfortable. Yeah. You have to be ready to see. Yes. And um, that's, Again, you know, something that I am going to be so excited to dive into more with you, because even with myself right now, as I'm doing more incorporation of human design, there are new stories that I'm noticing that are coming up for me and part of the conditioning. And then I'm, you know, asking myself like, okay, I, I know what I need to focus on for deconditioning but how do I go about it? How do I dig a little deeper into my ego and seeing where that focus needs to go? And so I'm going to be really curious to um, pick your brain about that soon. (laughs) I can't wait. I know, but this is something that I'm so glad we were able to share more about. And overall, like we were saying before, take what resonates and just leave the rest. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please consider sharing it with friends and or family. We'd be incredibly grateful if you rated and reviewed the podcast on your preferred listening platform as it really helps. If you'd like to reach out to us, you can connect with us through our websites or Instagram which are all linked in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you. Our theme song was written by Michael Ahrens.